Let's face it, Brit happens. Success is rarely a straight line. It's a journey with many twists, turns, potholes, and unwelcome detours. The secret, however, lies in how we react. Keep listening to learn how to effectively respond to life's curveballs, improve your resilience, and how winners pivot from setbacks to success. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Let's get started. I used to trap, you know what I mean? But I also worked. And my work was my trap. I made more money at work than I made at work. I was like, everybody smokes. Oh, this is great. Like, This is Chucky Blunt, who is the co-owner of Oakland, California-based cannabis dispensary, Blunt and More, which is the very first equity-owned dispensary in the world. Facts. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me. I have been following you recently on social media, and I want to get into this later on in the program, but there's some unfortunate things going on that you're handling and juggling, so I appreciate you stepping away for a little bit. Talk to me. Oh, yeah, no problem. No problem. Again, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Now, I have to ask, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, is your government last name really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my last name. (laughs) (laughs) That is, like, divine coincidence. Yeah, like, literally, when we won the license, the first thing I said, I called the Heavenly Father Yahweh. So the first thing I said when we won was praise Yahweh. I got my dispensary. So, yeah, it was really, like, some destined stuff. He definitely, he knew this when the day that you were born. Yes, yes, yes. I believe that. So speaking of divine order, your partner's name is Brittany, which is my mm-hmm. name. And nice. I read that you were looking to open franchises in every city that has legalized cannabis and a social equity program. Yes. So I wanted to put it on the record, Chucky. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking it into Yahweh's existence that okay. Florida and Miami gets its act together. I would love to be one of your um Hey, I'm I'm with it. Um, the goal, of course, is to have another person, you know, like me, ex-felon, et cetera. But if it doesn't work out that way, as long as it's somebody community-based, black, brown, that fits the mode we're looking for, I'm all for it. Okay, so maybe we can talk offline to see if I. Yeah. Can do that. Okay. Oh yeah, no. I just, I just, I, I just feel it should be more. We have a a brand that means something. You know right. what I mean? It's not like it's just you know like that brand that blunts more brand that orange and that black. You are gonna know that means black owned, somebody community based that went down for cannabis, and that should mean something to you. Actually, I think it's really cool. The same zip code where you were arrested in 2004 mm-hmm. is where your store is located. So mm-hmm. that's a message in itself. And we were talking about branding and the orange and black. So mm-hmm. can you explain to us what exactly is social equity and the benefits? Okay, so social equity is a... What are, I didn't even know this coming into this, but there's social equity in all facets of life. But social equity in the cannabis space is solely to give people who had caught marijuana cases, chances at ownership legally in the marijuana space now that it's legal. Um, it uh, has certain criteria you have to fit. You have to live in a certain zip code, certain time frames, fit a certain income bracket, and be charged. You don't have to have been convicted, but at least have been charged of a cannabis crime. Uh, I caught my case in, um, actually it was 05. I think I need to... Uh, Change my thing because I thought it was 04, but I think it was the same year. My son, it was either 04, in the 04, 05, whatever. But caught my case then and, you know, didn't think anything of it. Um, Kept living my life. But the social equity program was designed for people like me that wanted to be in the cannabis space as a business, get a chance to do it after I went to jail for it. And I'm the first person to do that and open a dispensary. That you were born with this last name. You had no idea when this was happening to you that mm-hmm. this blessing was coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. So we know that blacks and whites um, consume marijuana at the same mm-hmm. rate, but a black mm-hmm. man or black person is four times as likely to be arrested. And that yes. has been an issue that's prevalent across multiple industries, but you've been able to take this setback and clearly pivot and and wildly successful. So I was wondering, though, Tucky, do you mm-hmm. still do the auto detailing? Because I know that you worked 
for Alameda County mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. clerk mm-hmm. or a generalist. I'm not sure the exact. Mm-hmm. At the same time, see, you were still in, you've been in the weed business. Yeah, since I was 16, nonstop. Right. This is not mm-hmm. anything new to you. Mm-hmm. The auto detailing, you have a clothing line, a family mm-hmm. man, and a mm-hmm. parent. So how do you juggle this empire? Uh, I got a good wife. Okay. Um, uh, and then honestly, just, I got to stay moving. Like, I'm just one of them kind of people. Like I, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've never really wanted to work for anyone. And the only reason I worked for like, you know, nine to fives was for one structure. And then for two, add to my resume, you know, build my myself, learn stuff. I type 90 words a minute, stuff like that. And then three, for health benefits. If it, that was the only reasons I really went to work. Otherwise, I would love just like how I am now and I can work and do what I want. Um, and it's just, this is great. But <laughs> if you have the, the way I juggle is having a good teammate um, and then just it, a lot of prayer and just being me. I mean, I ain't, I ain't a saint. I have my ups, downs, and turnarounds and I done been not the best husband at times and not the best father at times, not in a bad way or nothing like that. But, you know, just it's always a learning process. You don't get no book. But when it comes to my business, having like being my own boss, anybody that knows me, that's been me. So it's just it's just something, I guess, to come natural. It was ingrained in me, I guess, from my parents and grandparents. And they had their ups and downs. But I knew I take what I like and leave the rest. That's something my daddy always say. So I raised my kids kind of like. I was raised, but then a little different. So it's just, it's just being me, to be totally honest with you, is how I juggling. This is what I, what I want to do. I okay. want to sell weed legally, and I want to network. And that's something I've been doing forever. So why not do it for a career? I love it. Like you said, no one is perfect, but you're taking the high points out of everything that you're naturally good at and yeah. have built some sort of structure. Like you said, there's nothing like flexibility. I'm an entrepreneur too. And even yeah. though I grind far harder than when I was working in corporate America, the reward is, is totally worth it. Yes. Yes. Cause it's not work. Right. And you're not doing it for someone else. Like I spent a lot of my life. We talking about when I used to work, I used to commute four and a half hours just to get to work to and fro. By the time you get off and you get home, you're not the best person. You got five kids running around the house and, you know, like wife stay at home, wife, she ready to jet as soon as you get home. So it's, 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 it's to be able to do this now at this point in my life, everything is all about timing. The kids at the right age where we can both be doing our thing. It just, it's, it's, it was meant to be. And you don't know, you know, like they say, tell the creator what you're going to do. He's going to laugh at you type shit. Oh, oops, can I cuss? I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Type stuff. Okay. 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 But that's what it is. Like, I'm just, I don't know when I'm going to leave here. So I got to live every day, like trying to get that money. And like, it's, we live in California and yeah, I don't know what it costs to live where you live, but it's ridiculous out here. So <laughs> you have to like, you have to have 17 jobs just to survive out here. And if I was like Florida Midwest, I got a mansion for the price I'm paying right now. You know what I mean? With land and goats and shit, but. Well, see, I have to say, I can't speak for North Florida, but Miami, the cost. Oh, of- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. say. So you we feel it. somewhat compete with Cali in New York, but I completely understand. And like yeah. you said, it's not work. Even though it's work, it's investing in yourself and Thanks. for your for your. Family. Like, really? This isn't work. Like, it's work for you because this is what you do. But me being able to talk to people and get the message out and people want to talk to me. And kind of like I've become the face of social equity type thing. I didn't ask for none of this, but I'm not going to kick it to the curb and not utilize it to what we, we need to see there's people like us that's doing this. Like I'm not no, you know, plant or no somebody that just came in. I'm really, really, really from Oakland. You know what I'm saying? Born and raised. So we graduated high school in Oakland. Parents graduated high school in Oakland. Like I'm known in my city. Like this is not just no no random dude that got this. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I've been a weed man in Oakland. Everybody's a weed man in Oakland. But I've been a weed man in Oakland since I was 16, and everybody knew that. You know what I mean? I started trends way before people was even eating 
edibles and weed pastries, I was selling them in 2001 out the trunk of my car. So you can come to me and get weed and a brownie. You know what I mean? So it was like, like it's just, it's just always been in me to hustle, but I always wanted it to be a business. I never under really understood why people had to go to jail for selling weed. It was like, I'm not doing nothing. All they're doing is getting high. They're not killing nobody. They're not robbing nobody for weed. They just want to smoke that tree. And I got to hide behind a bush or pull into their house and do all this to sell it to you. And then you take me to jail for it. And then now it's legal. But then you don't want us to get in. Oh, no, 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 no. They need to, people need to see, like when they broke in the store, I'm get, let you get right back to it. But when people like when they broke in the store, some people didn't know that was black owned. Some people did, didn't care. But y'all got to understand the black owned person that owns that. I'm really one of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like real talk, one of y'all. You ain't supposed to do that to your people. So if I can get that message and keep that message going, and I'm not mad at nobody, just educate them on how to do different. I'm all for it. This ain't work. This ain't work. <laughs> and I'm happy you mentioned um, the weed man days. Mm-hmm. I saw a picture of you. You had white pants on and like a Tetris looking shirt. And that was your like weed mm-hmm. selling outfit. I thought mm-hmm. that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what's your weed <laughs> selling outfit now? Oh, man. So now I've been trying to really get on my my branding with my blunts and more. I'm, I like polo shirts and 501s and Air Max. I'm, I still dress like I'm a 90s kid. <laughs> so I got my blunts and more polos. I just got me some blunts and more sweatsuits done. Um, I'm not going to do no blunts and more jeans. I'm going to wear 501s forever. But uh, if I can do a collab with Levi's, that'd be nice. But no, just a lot of blunts and more gear. Um, I've been rocking some side collective. That's um, a black owned brand. And I've been rocking, I've been rocking a lot of Air Max 90s and Jordan 1s. Okay. So that's your oh, new yeah. Um, yeah. cannabis dispensary. That's the fancy Yeah, word. Yeah. Like oh, I, I, I still like my flats and my hats and my fedoras and stuff, but I kind of like, I don't know, I, I reverse. I used to wear that kind of stuff when I should have been wearing it. Now I was wearing that when I was 25, <laughs> 26, 27. I'm talking about literally getting out the car on the turf with, your Sunday's best on selling weed to people. That was me. That's so funny. I, was, <laughs> I thought they messed up the caption, but you have come. Uh, yeah. Oh no. That that was me. Like I literally used to make my. That was my fit. That fit with the with the. It was. I'll never forget. It was pink, blue, white, and black squares. White pants. That was like silk almost. The shirt was almost silk, and then I had the blue shoes that went with it. Flash. They had taps on the bottom. And everything. Like, you used to be like. <laughs> I, a pimp, the pimp, the weed pimp. So that's why I was like, oh, I'm not trying to insult you, but that's what you look like. <laughs> and that was that was all part of the. It the was branding. all part of the move. It was all part of the move. You know, I can come party with you, I can hang with you, I can sell your weed, we can still kick it. It was it was cool. And then when I wanted to put on my jeans and t shirt, I had the Averex jean coats and all the jabos and all that. But yeah, I didn't really fell back into jeans and, and polo shirts. Like I just went to polo and went bananas. I think I got everything for like seventy percent off. Throw it in the bag. 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 So yeah. <laughs> I love it. I still, dress, I still dress like a 90s D-boy. Well, I want one of those branded polo shirts. So okay. I that definitely support Black-owned business, Thank I think. Thank you. I, Thank, you. Thank you. I read that your grandmother, rest in peace, went to Oakland's first dispensary, mm-hmm. and you went with her. Mm-hmm. And that was somewhat of a catalyst, like, like you mentioned. I, am, I have to hide behind bushes, no pun, mm-hmm. to sell this product. Why? So what was that experience like when you went to the dispensary? I've never been to one. I don't know what they're like. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So my grandmother used to take her to like run errands and she's always smoked weed. That's been in my family forever and ever and ever. She used to grow weed in her backyard, but it was never good because she didn't know what she was doing. But one of her errands, she was like, man, take me downtown. And I was like, all right, cool. So I uh, smashed her to downtown Oakland, telegraphing like 19th. And she told me she was going there to get some medicine. I didn't think nothing of it. I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. She came back outside. She had a white bag. I'm like, what's that? She told me it's weed. I fell out laughing. I'm like, that's weed? I said, okay, yeah, I want one of them. So... And I didn't even want one of them in weed. I wanted one of those businesses. And this one, I was 19. So I already, I already had been selling weed for three years. So I was like, man, so if you can sell weed out of there, 
our exact conversation was, what's that? She's like, that's just weed. It's my medicine. I was like, wait, wait, wait. You bought weed out of that store? She was like, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, Granny, I want one of them. So on our ride home, we talked about it. Um, and just, you know, it was just like, I want one of them. And so I started from that day doing research on dispensaries. I said, I started working at my first dispensary when I was 20. Um, I didn't go in that one that my granny went into. The first dispensary I started working at and, and ever went into was uh, in San Francisco. I um, mean, it just at, back then it was just like a weed corner store. Like you can go in there, you can buy your plants because I was growing weed a couple years after that. So it was, it was, it was, it was cool to me. It was like, dang, it was always a goal, but I always noticed. Because whenever I worked into a business, I always want to meet the higher up. So I, I'd go to a club. I'd start buying weed from them. I'd start meeting the managers and uh-huh. work my way up. I want to meet the owner. Never got to meet the owner, but I knew none of the owners were black. And so I used to always be like, man, like, man, they, they say black people can't own in this industry. And I was like, well, dang, I never knew why. I never asked why, but I knew that no none of the owners I had ever been around or just heard about or seen them pull up and could see how that's the owner. None of them are black. Yeah. Um, and I, that bothered me so like I gotta fix that I think I tried to buy my first club me and my cousin in like 03-ish something like that we already, we had a play involved we could have bought a club but they didn't want to sell the Negroes yeah. um, Purple Heart was the first actual black club shout out to Keith in Oakland he was the first black owned but at the time this was I think old, I think he opened in 08 I didn't know that existed so for 9 years you know, for, I mean, you know, for longer than that. So from 99 all up until I heard about Purple Heart and like that he was on it. I knew about Purple Heart, but didn't know he was on it. But all the way until 2017, I didn't know there was no black owned dispensaries. So to come into the game and then see that there's this one and this one and they're popping up, like that's, there has to be more. Like we are the space. This color, black, brown, we are cannabis. We set the trends. We tell y'all what to go buy, what to smoke. That's not like, that's coming from us. We need to be represented. And it's a lot of us out, but we're trying to get the networks together so everybody can know. Because there, okay. there, there's a bunch of us everywhere, but everybody doesn't know about everybody. Wait, so there's a bunch of Black dispensary owners? Yeah. See, that's the thing. Luckily, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I came across your, oh, from Black Enterprise. And I was, ah. I was so excited. And... Yep. Then I was, you know, scrolling through and researching, but I thought, obviously it's different in California. Here in Florida, there's Mm -hmm. only 22, I read, marijuana licenses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And clearly that's not the case there. But I want to get back to the competitiveness of getting a license through the lottery. I I think it's a lottery process. You have to qualify under the things that you mentioned earlier. So how did that work? Okay, so the first the first part you had to uh, turn an application. Um, it was sixty six people that turned in applications. Thirty six of them made it through, and then you go to a lottery. You pick a bingo ball. You throw it in the chamber. They Wait, roll it around. Uh-huh. Like it's a, it was real. <laughs> yeah, I um I have the footage. Um, uh, like I got the link to the footage. I can send it to you. Oh, but yeah, you roll. Okay. You throw the ball in the chamber. They roll it around. If they pull out your ball, you lose. So you you out. The last four balls that are in the chamber win the licenses. And then once you win the licenses, you have to then go and try to find funding, find a location, uh, or find a partner or whatever. And you get a certain amount of time to do that. And then if you don't do that, you're supposed to go down and then the next person comes up. Okay. But then if you do do some of the stuff, I guess you can still space out your license. Um, there are some instances where people could have sold or may have sold their licenses to other brands. And then that brand is a general license, not an equity license. So then okay. that takes away an equity license. That's a problem. They have to fix that because, you know, it's, it's a, I would think a lot of these white large companies that have the, the funding using a social equity applicant basically to be the face but it's, it's not called incubation home. yeah it's it, called incubation that's what they're, they're oh, okay. that's, so there's a term there's a term for that um i mean well it's not just using that case but that's what we'll call it and then they can also that you also people are just doing that because my thing with the equity programs great 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 program excellent program shout out to destiny brooks for you know for putting it together shout out to keith for being part of that shout out to my partner Bree moore for being part of that but it needs 
education and funding education in the sense not of just reading a book but education of you gave poor people mm-hmm. licenses in a billion dollar industry and in most cases these people have no business savvy at all they didn't sell we approach it as a business or whatever whatever the case, whatever their reason is you gave people licenses in this industry with no business savvy and sent them out to the wolves and the wolves are like we're going to take you for all you all you think you worth and give you what we think you worth. You have to know your value of this ticket that you have and you got to know how to negotiate for what's right for you. Right. But if people don't know that and you know haven't had to they're going to sell. But that defeats the purpose of the program. You know what exactly. I'm saying? You can't be mad at them for selling if they didn't know no better. But where is the program to help teach you about that? Can't really do that if the people that are teaching and instructing have no clue about the cannabis space because they're not in the space never been in the space you can't do that like you said the people with the money don't have the education the people that are educated don't have the money so there needs to be some middle ground where people aren't taken advantage of and this that's kind of reminds me of like neighborhood gentrification there's these old black neighborhoods people selling to the white guy because they don't even know how valuable this property will be 10 15 20 years down the line so obviously you're probably one of the most from my limited research, Tucky, but I feel like the most ed- educated and like, you became the face of social equity. So you are like, I'm talking to like the professor here. Man, right? I guess. I mean, I know you're was, humble. Just yeah. I just I just want it to be done right. And it doesn't have to mean that what I say means is right. There's other people who have voices. So I'm, I'm not the stuff I'm speaking isn't just coming from me. I mean, it is coming from me. But, you know, I have people I talk to, too. But mm-hmm. I just want. I don't care who the face is. Just get the message out there. You know what I mean? The program is a great program. It just needs to get, it's, it's like anything. It needs some oversight. You need like, I'm, I told Beto O'Rourke came to our store. I've told anybody that'll listen to this. The equity program, the cannabis program as a whole in the nation, the federal legalization, if it happens, all of this can be done correctly if they involve people that's in the space. Do you ask as a consultant? I feel like I I I I I I'm I'm dabbling. Oh, I was gonna say I I'm I mean, dabbling. That, I'm dabbling. That's the thing that for me that's super lucrative. The consulting yep. aspect. Yep. I mean, yep. The yep. sexy part of it is obviously what people see, mm-hmm. but the value that you bring is something that unlike a tangible product. Yep. 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 I got some ideas for you actually here. In, hey, hey, man. I'm t- I, I, my resume is constantly expanding, especially with us being home. I have no nothing to do but time to think and plot about, OK, what can I do next? Like the little I got five on the thing, like just everything that's been going on is a result of just like nonstop like hustle. So, yeah, I, I, I'm doing a little consulting. Oh, you, I, you were like, you beat me there. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, just the program is great. Um, I'm glad we won. Um, you know, like, oh, back to the lottery. So out of those four, I put our ball in number three overall out of the whole 36. So for ours to still be one of the remaining four, some more destiny stuff. Like it, it was meant for us to be the first. It was meant to us, meant for us to open first. It was meant for it to be me and Bree. It was meant for it, like, I mean, you know, I'm 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 path walking. I don't know what why it was meant for this, but it is. And I don't mind, you know, talking about it, getting out there, showing people that we can do this. No, I'm not rich. I'm not rich or none of that. I can get rich if we franchise. And when I franchise, I want that person mm-hmm. in whatever state, city to be me, get their majority. And then we got 49 other people to pay the rest. And we put our 1% in and sit back and stay home. We bring the blueprint, let the store run itself, let right. them do what they do. And kick back. Why can't we all eat? Like I don't. I don't. We can't all eat. It's a mindset. Yes. There's some. There's definitely, like you said, there's more black cannabis entrepreneurs than I even know about. And I think yeah. there's more people who think like you and I who are out there. It's just connecting people. And like you said, yes. since we're in the house because of COVID, which is a blessing in disguise, it forces us to hone in on things that we ordinarily would be distracting you know, our everyday lives or commuting back and forth to meetings. So I've been mad that I didn't know that there were so many, um, that there are so many black owned dispensaries and grow operations. Like they're everywhere. And really? how do we not have a network? So we've been all like, I've literally been trying to, I ain't no been trying and getting like hope Wiseman. She's out of uh, Maryland. Um, see you he's out of Oregon. Um, it's a sister. I want to say her name is Chandra. She's down in, um, 
I want to say Louisiana with the club, if I'm not mistaken. But there's so much, there's so many. It was like we had a West Coast list, a Bay Area list, but now we need to link that with LA. We need to link that with the Florida's. Like there's a bunch of us out. You hear about the Al Harrington, shout out to my boy Al. You hear about them in Viola because they can afford to be out there like that. Uh, right. Small mom and pops aren't really there yet. We don't, Blunts and Moore is out there like that because of me. I mean, not like in a, like a, I'm out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm always promoting the brand. I'm always all you care. Anybody coming for an interview, I'm on it. So that's what we, that's, that, that's how we do it. And that's letting me see, oh man, it's more of us. Why we don't know that. Right. And just us as a people, I don't know when, where we got away from that. Black people used to fuck with each other. Like we used to really love each other. We used to care. We used to look out for one another. Mm-hmm. We used to be a family. I don't know what when that disappeared because I got my circle of people. We all still move like family, but that's not the case. It's sad. It's not the case, unfortunately, overall in what we see, but there are microcosms of that. Like you said, your circle is like that because you're yeah. like that. So you attract those types of people. I like to hang with people who don't feel threatened by your success, but if they see an opportunity, they'll be happy to refer you business and, and vice yes. versa. Yes. So you can... We're out there, but you made an excellent point about it seeing those people, connecting with those people. And like you said, you want to show, say, a younger Black boy or a Black girl, you too yes. what I'm doing. Like, it's not about the fame for you. It's, you know, an example. And you have to yeah. see it. So, Man, I'm, I'm going to be as humble about this as possible. I've been, I'm already famous in my circle. You know what I'm saying? Like, in my area, I'm, I've been... I was shipping cookies to Florida and stuff way back in the old 102. Like, I'm, I'm, I've had my money. I've chilled. My family is cool. We don't need for nothing. Like, we've raised our kids. Like, we, I'm good. Not saying I don't want more, but I want people to really understand that not only can we get in this and succeed, mm-hmm. you can also get in this and not just grow and sell weed. You can do Everything else that comes from a business, cannabis needs. They need Britney's to come interview people. They need um, shit, the camera people to come set up for you to do your interviews for a cannabis space. They need podcast. I mean, they need lighting. They, they need janitorial. Like, there's so much we can do besides just growing and selling and yes. get people that get upset about that. Well, that's all I want to do. No, that, that everybody can't grow and sell, dog. That's not for Oh, everybody. my gosh, Chucky. This is so cr- I literally, I was having a conversation with my brother yesterday. He used to play in the NFL. And our frustration is all we see, for example, are like black boys playing football. But our conversation was, why don't we see people who may love sports being the team doctor or the general counsel or the economist? Mm-hmm. Basically, there's so many different other positions within that industry, but all you see is the person playing on the field. Just like in this industry, you don't have to be the weed man with the fedora on. There are a, all, you know, a lot of different avenues for you man. to participate. And that is being like, aside from the... You know, the the unfortunate incidents revolving uh, George Floyd's murder and stuff and all the riots and stuff, that was something that caught everybody off guard. It happened. Positivity out of that, cool. But my main message, like, coming in it was a message about, okay, bless more, we the first, blah, blah, blah. but as I've been talking to people and in my circles, different messages have evolved, and I've noticed that this is, like, a, a huge thing to get people, because that's the first thing people want to ask me about. Well, how can I get a dispensary? You can't. Everybody can't get a dispensary. You know what I mean? I can tell you the steps to do A, B, and C, but also I have to be real that I don't want this. They're already looking for us to fuck up and fail. So if you get a dispensary and have no care about how you run your business or whatever, you lose that life, you lose that dispensary. That's a stain on us overall as being in the being in the space. All C's, look what happened to them. That's all they're going to talk about. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, so but, I'm just saying, I feel like you must have been a fly on the wall. That's the Oh, thing. man. It's like parallel to us saying, like, a team hiring a black coach. He played at University of Miami. They had mm-hmm. one black coach, Randy Shannon. He didn't do too well. Now it's like, we tried the black guy. That, that, that's it. Mm, we tried it. That's and it's enough. ridiculous because any other race, everyone messes up. But when we do it, there's so much pressure. And if, especially if you put someone in that doesn't know what they're doing, now we got to carry the weight of the person that effed up because it's. I'm but with guess you. what? But guess what's even more 
jacked up about that. We as black people do the same thing to black people. Worse. We like are we'll go to a black business and give and we're looking for them to mess up so we can have a reason to talk about them. Like I, what? You're in my group chat. Like I'm not <laughs> my group. That's what I say. It's like we love to be like, oh, you know, I tried to support this restaurant. They took forever. They messed up my order. But I'm like, restaurant and since they're the majority, they mess up more just statistically, but you don't you give them a second chance and you keep coming back. I just it's our own it's our own people. And I'm not beating up. I love black people. I'm just saying love them to death. Work to love them to death. I just don't understand I just I wish I knew when where all that came from, when that changed. Like when do we get on that? When do we like start being like so scared of one another and all this like I, I mean I've had to work on that. I've come from Oakland where we don't we don't stare at people or look at people or like, you know what I'm saying? We don't like when I went to the South and you know, you can't walk past a person without them speaking to you type shit. We're not used to that in Oakland. So I've a, oh. I do that. Yeah, I do that currently now, like sometimes to a fault, but it's just I mean, I'm not just gonna walk past a, a you looking crazy and I'm gonna speak to you. But you know, it's just it's it's different. So I've had to condition myself differently to move differently too. Like I like I said, I ain't perfect. I'm still learning at 40. You know what I'm saying? But it's still like, damn, like, God damn, like why we really we really that much against each other? Like, nah, man, y'all gotta see that we can do this. And again, right. like I said, it's not hating on nobody, but everyone can't own a dispensary and grow weed. It's just not it's not for everybody. Growing weed is work. Running the dispensary is honest, work. You're not yeah. selling dreams. But like I was saying with consulting, there's so many other avenues that are less, I call them sexy because people don't see it. You Mm -hmm. can be in the back. Those are the people you Mm -hmm. fly under the radar and be chilling rich as hell. That's that's the plan. That is the plan. Okay. Well, (laughs) I I came out of here talking about... See, we need to talk. We we, we need to talk. (laughs) I know. I'm so excited. Like, I'm so serious. I know you think whatever, once you press in, like, you're never going to hear from me again. No, I've, I've, what I've learned coming into this, I mean, kind of like, I, I've, you know, I'm pretty cool, dude. I meet people, we can be friends or whatever, but I'm kind of guarded. But coming into this space, I guess within these last few years, I've noticed I have met a lot of people that I will know for the rest of my life, like, that are cool people. And it just takes meeting different people and up and getting into different networks, like my black book link with other black books and then it's just making everybody's black book link with another one like it's this is nah I'm I feel I feel I feel the energy no nah, okay I, good I'm so good. excited it's oh good. my gosh it's good. <laughs> thank it's you good. Yahweh for finding me Tucky okay it's I'm good. no I'm, I gotta get it's back good. on my oh this is what I you kind of answered this question too I know that Al Harrington is a mentor of yours and you gave him a shout out yep yeah so I wanted to know do you have mentees yourself formally because to me Tucky, not to kiss your butt. I think you're such an inspiration. Just your vibe. You're extremely like sincere. You don't seem like a bullshitter. So people mm-hmm. who probably have never met you, you definitely inspire them. But have you taken someone under your wing? Like mm. outside of my babies, um... you're like I don't got no more time besides like No, I've had people kind of reach out, but. It depends on how you reach. You know what I mean? Um, I'm kind of trying to groom my brother, um, Cousin Dre. He's a on-air personality on KML, the radio station out here. Oh, cool. Um, he works at the store, too, but I'm kind of like trying to groom him because we finna franchise and I want him to run a store. He are, he has a master's degree, a BS, I mean, a master's in communication, a BS, and something else from TSU. So, no, he, he's already on point, but I'm just, you know, kind of grooming him for this side of being on point um my wife i'm trying to make her my publicist so i've been like showing her all my different emails so she can know the language and the lingo and stuff but as far as a mentee right now i I got just because they're your family don't mean they yeah oh yeah my my family then because my kids we've got a 21 year old he just moved out doing his thing trying to keep him on point he was Going through a, his goon phase. A goon is a uh, out here means a uh, basically a baby kid. So yeah, you know a goon. Okay. Um, so we he been working on his thing. Um, my nineteen year old daughter she doing her thing. My son he uh, already a college prospect in the ninth grade. We're going to the tenth grade. Um, and then my youngest daughter she got her aspiring DJ career. So um, then my mentees right now I'm not opposed to 
I, I think I think of my best answer to that is I mentee people with my interviews. Like I give so much honesty and I tell people like not no funny shit, but like Google my interview, like Google Tucky Blunt and just listen. Right. Just, just just listen. I mean, you can look at the face and the gestures if you want to, but just listen. Just mom, just just listen. Listen to Sways. Listen to Karen Hunters. Uh, read the Forbes. You know what I'm saying? Read the Black Enterprise. Now you can um, listen to Brittany Sharpton. Now we got Brittany Sharpton. It's like we like. I'm just I'm I'm trying to get the message out and be as humble as possible. But the only way we're gonna see change is if we be changed, and then if we also like make sure we get the changes in the legislative stuff. Like people got to understand that too. Like a lot of these weed laws and stuff come from how we vote. And it's not just like the presidential election, not to not say don't vote because you have to vote in all, but the presidential election is like the last hurrah. Like if you haven't voted correctly in those other elections, Thank the presidential you. is kind of like, a talk, it's just like, it's already said and done. So. Again, and I released a podcast actually today where I said 2020 is huge locally, statewide, and then there's national. We hear about the national because Guy in the White Mm -hmm. House loves Mm -hmm. to be on television. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the things that affect us most directly on a daily basis are those Mm -hmm. commission races, your mayor's races, your state rep. I mean, to me, the further away you go from your zip code, the less direct effect daily. Not saying that it's not important. Correct. Correct. What I don't understand, well, it got it's it's bigger than me. I'm just one little guy from Oakland, but there has to be something going on institutionally in the USA for schools because I'm 40. I'm not sure how old you are, but I remember I couldn't wait to vote when I turned 18 because how we were instructed in school and how we knew about the checks and balances and the legislative versus judicial branch and how we knew that all the stuff on the lower end is how you get your city ran. I don't know where that again, where that era went off, but it got to be something that's implanted because they're not even, I don't, my kids don't even know about the judicial branches or none of that. I could ask them right now that I had three high school graduates and they couldn't, I know they couldn't tell me because I've never seen them talk about it. But you've mentioned we need educational reform probably three times. So you're absolutely correct. And a lot of it stems from home. Obviously you're highly educated, very intelligent. I'm sure your wife's the same thing. So your kids, maybe if they don't, know the textbook things they hear and they learn from you they know they need to vote they do know that okay exactly and like you said just i was as excited to vote as i was to finally get a license to drive a car so i don't understand how i'm like this is something that we should be looking forward to and we have to now like have michelle obama come out to convince people to register to vote and it's not just these little kids they're no it's it's adults too that's right So, and it's weird. I used to, I, I couldn't wait till I turned 18 to vote. I was so excited. And I was mad because the year I turned 18, it wasn't nothing to vote on. So I couldn't vote oh, like, until I was 19. Oh, man. <laughs> Crazy. But, Crazy. yes, you, you're right. Um, there's so much. I feel like this could be like a whole three series, but hey, man, I'm, I'm open book. Um, I appreciate the love. Like, um, I get that a lot. And people don't know me. So for people not to know me, they read a bio, they, you know, they can catch them, you know, an interview or whatever. But I do my research on people just like they do their research on me. You can't, you can only research. But to actually have these conversations and people like genuinely like, dude, like you the truth. That's because, cool. I appreciate you can feel, it. Like I can feel your energy through the screen as corny as it sounds. Like I can tell. No, I feel it because I've I've had these same interactions with with different things like just I was talking to Jim Jones last week and we having a heart to heart and I'm talking to um 3D Dennis Scott we we went over the time we on the live they hitting the button like hey hey y'all going too low because we we just chopping it up but it's just those are kind of things like you sometimes you gotta step out your circle a little bit my wife you know she she's ex she's I'm guarded but she's double guarded as she should be so she's been like you know checking this person checking that person but. She feel it too. She's like, we really have come across some people that's, you know, actually stepped up our circle and let us see that there's other stuff out there. There's other people that can be cool, that can help you network and really not trying to F you over. You know, there's right. other good people like us. See, but I mean, you guys are right. I'd rather have my guard up and you prove that I can take it down than it be mm-hmm. down. And then I'm like, you know what? I should have been guarded. So. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hey, and that's, that's my yin and my yang. Cause I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm out there, I'm visual and, I'm like I said, it's, a, it's weird because I'm a guarded, visual, visible person. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just pull up to my house, but I don't mind you, you know, driving live with me while I'm going to the store or nothing like that. Just okay. Me, but you know, yeah, it's, it's it's weird. But 
I'm just, I'm taking it in. My kids know, you know, kind of the celebrity I am or whatever, but they know I'm still me. Like, right. I've been a hood celebrity, but now it's a little, it's a little different to go you out of state. You are a real celebrity, like you said, <laughs> to Florida or brownies or something? Yeah, uh-huh, 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 yeah. This is I so had weird. a whole, like, I had a whole logo. I had an album uh, based off the Cookie Man. This was so, I started doing the cookie stuff in 01 buying them from cannabis clubs and then I started selling them to all my homies just to see if they would like them turned them on I started calling myself the cookie man and then I put an album out locally in my area in 2005 and then in 2008 when the cookies marijuana strain came out when the cannabis strain came out all my homies thought that that was somebody that stole it from me and I'm like, no, no, no. It was spelled different. Everything. My cookies was spelled C-O-O-K-E-Y. Okay. So for a lot of years, I had a lot of people run up on me thinking that somebody stole the stuff from me. I'm like, no. Fast forward all these years. It's a dude that I've been known for a while, but never knew who he was <laughs> to the extent that he is named the Cookie Monster 415. Him, this other dude named um, Jigga, and another dude named Powers had a strain called Cookies. The weed strain. Okay. They're the ones they all know burner. They don't that's how all the cookies came about. So all that time of me knowing that circle of people, I never knew that they was the ones who came up with the cookies and they never knew I was the cookie man. Oh. So we just ended up like I said, dude, do you know how many times I've been called you or people thought we didn't <laughs> I said no. I, and I showed them the logo, they was like dude that's you like it, it's, it's a trip how stuff come full circle we was it was in frisco i was in oakland but we doing the same as they weren't selling weed pastries but they had the, the whole cookie thing was the link but it's just like i'm not new to this this for sure like i really, really been, you are a trailblazer been you've been, you, been you're around. an og and you look these, like one of that outfit that you had on but these are the people that the other people need to see so they can understand that we can really do this you don't want to see a I don't know, just a buttoned up dude that you know ain't never been nowhere around. He's just the face of a brand. You don't want that. You right. need to know that I'm really like, we really, really, really black folk. That like, I'm, I'm one of you. You can do like, this. Like, I used to weigh up bags in the 125.10 little dime sack baggies, keep a scale. Wait, how you know, Tucky? Container. Some of this stuff, you, it sounds like Chinese. You don't have to put it in layperson's terms. Okay, so the one, so a 125 10 is a baggie. That's a 10 sack baggie. Okay. Um, my baggies would be, I didn't even know people weighed bags. So I was always known for having big bags. I would stuff them till I couldn't fill them no more and then close them. Um, that was just my thing. I would have a certain amount I made it off of E-Zip. I know how to change that money over, flip it, bam, cool. But I'm one of y'all. Like, I used to trap, you know what I mean? But I also worked. And my work was my trap. I made more money at work. That I made at work. I was gonna say you only went to work for the health benefits. Yeah, and then it ended up being a way, a way to make money. I was like, everybody smokes. Oh, this is great! Like, I'm curious, been, Tucky. What mm -hmm. was the demographic like of your clientele then versus now? Like the makeup of black to white customers. My clientele has been a rainbow as long as I've been selling weed. White, okay. black. I got Asian friends and clients. Mexican. Um, I got a couple Indian clients. See, that's uh -huh. proof that you're okay. If your clientele is a rainbow, but yet the mm -hmm. people who are sitting in jail, it's brown. Mm -hmm. That yeah. in itself is so infuriating. Yes. I mean, I, so, like rainbow. Even currently now at the store, I sit in the parking lot and just watch the people go in black, white, pink, old, young. I just like, it's it's like, I still have people who come to the store who used to buy from me since 96. Hilarious. It's called a cannabis dispensary, but that is a retail license? Because I hear people talking about, um, what is it? Retail versus, what's the other license you can have? Well, you can have delivery licenses. You can have um, growing licenses. You can have manufacturing licenses. You can have a distribution license. Um, but the retail is the most coveted one. Right. Um, I, I guess it depends. A lot of people want to grow. Okay. To me, I think that's the most coveted one, but that's like growing and selling are the two hardest things. So I don't know if, if I would say they're the most coveted, but they're the, the most hardest okay. to keep and maintain. Um, but yeah, we have a dispensary retail license. Yes. For retail okay. cannabis. All right. Mm -hmm. And your, your grandma tried to get the growing one in her backyard. 
I mean, yeah. she's been trying to grow forever. And it's a, it's crazy how this all panned out. The grain that took me to my first dispensary, my dispensary is on 66th. Her house is on 65th, um, but it's about four blocks up from the store. So that I'm in her same neighborhood. And then, like I said, I caught my case about 13 blocks from my store and in front of my other granny's house. So mm-hmm. it's just like... <laughs> all these things is just aligning. This was and, I'm across, and I'm across the street from... You're in Florida, so I'm across the street from your version of Miami Stadium. Oh, okay. Like, so to have a dispensary right there across the street from our Oakland Coliseum, that's historic. So I'm working on that. It's not a secret, but I'm trying to get the, the site designated as a, a historic location. And if I can do that, we'll never have to leave. So oh, that's a good see. That's another part of the legislation aspect. Mm-hmm. The advocacy. I, already, I already got the councilman that's this in the district. He can make it happen. So. Oh, uh, OK. So you. Yeah. All right. You ready? I'm ready. on it. You yeah. said it was like your cousin or brother is in the Oakland PD. You got the person at, at the city hall or county hall. I don't know which municipality, but there's there's so much Some stuff I'm learning, like coming in. It was just OK. I got a store, blah, 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 blah. But you have to be a student of what's going on. And the next step is you got to get lobbyists. Like I've been talking on the phone with lobbyists mm-hmm. from different cities and different states because they're trying to figure out, OK, can you help us craft our programs? Consulting. Hello. So, yeah. Well, so, I do advocacy where I hate the word lobbyist because people get it. it's like yeah, a bad word. Yeah. Yeah. No, no it's a great but, word because if you do what you got, those lobby. are people that help lobby your causes. That's ain't nothing okay, wrong with the lobbyists. Okay. You know what I mean? But I, I'll take adv- I'll take advocacy. Record. <laughs> I'll get more candid. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tucky, I'm gonna ask you these questions and you just spit out the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. What's the last thing that you ordered on Amazon? Car charger. Okay. Yep. What magazine cover do you want to be on this time next year? Ooh. Ooh is not my answer. Um, (laughs) Magazine cover of this time next year. Realistically or just like a dream? This is your dream. You got to think big. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm gonna make enough to be on that one that in a year. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try. Um, Forbes. Okay, I figured you were gonna say that. Yeah, okay. but then, like I said, I had to be. That's like a three year goal. Maybe but I should have said you know. But Tucky, Forbes, you don't have to just be on there to to make the billionaires list. Yeah, you can be yeah. on there. I think your story in itself and how you influence people that's far more valuable. I mean, I want the money and the influence. But of course, you, of course, you know. I'm not okay. No. Um, I asked you about your mentee. Oh, if you had a 100% chance of succeeding, what would you attempt to do? Franchise. Okay. Which you're already going to do, but yep. okay. Franchise. If I pick a, if I had to pick a secondary, um, give my daughter her DJ gig. She really liked DJ. You can do that too. Yeah, I mean, we're we, we working on it. We're working on oh it. Oh, my God. There's so much. Like, next time I see you in, like, six months, it's going to be like, you know what she's <laughs> We're working on it. Stop. Okay. Try to get her some spare pieces, engage her interests, and, you know, I'm trying to get them to do some other stuff around the house to make them some money because my kids are, like, good students, and my son play hoop all the time. He ain't going to be able to get, a, like, a job like me at 16. So they're going to have to figure out ways to make money around the house. So they're going to start smoking meat on our smoker, and then she's going to DJ and stuff. So, yeah. So you got entrepreneurs within your household. God dang right. Working for you. Okay. Yeah. You, I want. Do you have any products? In the beginning, you were holding up some bag. It was like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I have some blunts and more trees here. Hold on. Please share. Hold on. All right, so let me see. We got some, what is this? I don't know what it is, but it's not in the Blunts and More jar, but it is from Blunts and More. Okay, mm-hmm. that is. It's a, uh, I think it's called Blanca. Okay. From one of our uh, growers, Grizzly Peak Farms. Shout out to Grizzly Peak. This is some smalls of some, um, smalls meaning they're the little, the little baby buds. Okay. They make good for pre-rolls. Oops, okay. it's falling out, but it's okay. 
And then, uh, oh, I got some. Let me show you our better jars. This is our little Boosie jar. So these are, look how we upgrade. This is our first jars. Oh, they so cute. Oh. They are cute. They look like medicine. Yeah. No, wait. We upgraded. We upgraded. Hold on. <laughs> All right. So we have these now. Ooh, oh, I love the happy face. I think the subtitle of your brand is ha the happy place. Right? Happy store. The happy, happy store. store. Yeah. I love it. And then we got this. This is our so light depth is a way to grow marijuana or cannabis. So this is this is our light depth line. We call and it that's light a, green. Um, wooden top. Yep. Yep. So, so your stuff is expensive. That's quality. No, no, right? no, no, no. We try to keep it cheap. I think these are in like thirty bucks. Out the door. Okay. Then, then we have these. That's cute. It looks like a face mask, like yep. the, the packaging. And we have blunts and more face masks too. Ooh, see the only, since I don't have that, I tried to wear it like, this was like my tree outfit. Uh, 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 <laughs> right. But, oh man, I'm tripping. Let me get a picture. Do, oh do, yeah, wait, I want one too. My IG. Do, do, do. Oh my gosh, uh, you go first and then I do one. Oh wait, I'm supposed to be. Nope, I got you. Oh, wait, but I'm talking. Ooh. No, you're all right. Okay. Oh, can you do yours with your um, blunt and more? Okay. Yeah, yep. hold on. Hold on, I gotta, I'm going to pull up a few things. They're going to be cracking up when they see this. <laughs> okay, wait, how do you do it where you don't see? Oh, you go like this. Uh-huh. Wait, stay there. Stay there. Hold on. <laughs> wait, let me see. This is hilarious. No, you look good, but I look, you can't really see. I'll tag you. Wait, oh, yeah, it's all good. Okay. All right. I'll do screenshots. Cool. Thank you so, so much. I know oh, that thank you. this went way over, but I thoroughly oh, enjoyed it. It's good. No, good oh. conversation tends to go over, so I appreciate it. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, and good luck this weekend. Hopefully it doesn't get crazy out there. Yeah, I hope it don't either, because I don't want nobody to die. I do not want and I I do because if someone dies on someone's premises and none, nobody in the cannabis space wants that, but if someone dies on someone's premises, that's gonna kill their premises. If someone dies on the equity property, that's all they're gonna talk about. Oh, look what happened at the equity dispensary. No, nah, we don't. We don't. We don't need we that, don't especially that. when you're robbing your own. But we're gonna end it on a positive note. You're gonna yes, have an amazing weekend. This was awesome. Like you picked. I was. This was a rough week for me, but it ended up on a super high note. Ooh. And. I can't wait to reconnect later. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye, Tucky, and good luck. Right. You're going to be on the cover of Forbes, if not next year, in five years. Yes, ma'am. On the record. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Bye. Right. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Brit Happens. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google. You can also find me online at www.brithappens.com and on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Brittany Sharpton. See you next time.